Hello, my name is Hayley Morris and this is Conversation Time. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're all doing really well. I actually want to set the scene for today's podcast before we jump in. So it's Sunday the 14th of February, aka Valentine's Day. It is 10.43. I'm sat here on my coat. I've got two pairs of leggings on and then I've got some joggers over the top. I'm wearing a body and then I've got a long sleeve top over that and then I've got a jumper on and my coat and the heating's on. I am freezing. I don't know what's going on today, but it's very, very cold, and I can't cope with the cold weather. I, I've I've been sat here for the last... Well, I woke up this morning at seven. I did a nice yoga flow, and I started off in my dressing gown, and it honestly, no matter how much of the flow I was doing, I still felt cold, and I was really trying to ramp it up, do things a bit faster, be a bit more intense with the strength I was doing. Yeah, it was. it's been a really cold morning, and I just, the whole morning, as I was doing my meditation, as I was kind of going through my morning routine, I was like, why do I live in a cold country? Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's absolutely impossible to live anywhere else right now, but I was daydreaming about living half of, half of my life in, well, in an ideal world, I'd love to live in America forever, but obviously in one of the hotter states. Hawaii would be great. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking maybe I spend six months of the year in the summer and the months that we all love here in the UK. And then the next part, I'll go over to Australia where they turn into summer. Yeah, it was a nice little daydream I had. So I enjoyed that while I've been freezing my butt off this morning. Today is actually meant to be an episode with a guest. However, I just didn't have the energy or the motivation to edit this podcast this week. It's just been extremely full on. And I don't really like to edit things or force anything when I'm in that kind of mood. I just, I wanted to just sit in bed and watch a movie. So I I don't think I actually watched a movie in the end. I ended up scrolling and this is very embarrassing, but I will say, I'll just, no, I'll admit it. I spent five hours on TikTok last night rather than editing a podcast and I cried so hard with laughter. I genuinely think TikTok brings my mood up so much. It it also, it just brings out such a, a joy in me, such a spark in me and so much creativity. And it's, it's just what I needed. I couldn't, I'm, I'm really struggling at the moment to sit down and just watch a film. I don't know if anyone else is finding that or maybe, maybe it's just me, but my attention span has ridiculously dropped. And I will say that's probably to do with social media and the time I spend on my screen. But I also think it's to do with lockdown and the frustration and you just, uh, you know, we're all fed up of just binging things and well, I speak for myself, I am so fed up of binging TV shows and films. It, I, I now get through a bit of a season and I'm like, I, I can't be bothered to invest my time in this. I'm going to go do something else now. And it's just a, such a strange feeling. I think lockdown 3.0 is really testing a lot of us. I think my mood's all over the place. Some days I'll be really motivated. Other days I really just can't be bothered to do anything. And I just think, you know, oh, well, I'll just spend the day in bed or I'll just, I'll go for a long walk or I'll just sit in front of my screen all day. And then other days I wake up and I think, I'm going to seize the day. Um, It's, you know, I think it's so normal in lockdown to have that. And the more I've spoken to my friends, the more I've spoken to other people, the more I realise this is just a normal behaviour pattern while you're in a very strange situation. And I think there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I think 
you know, we soon will be able to go back outside and, and meet with other people. And I hope that comes when the warm weather kicks in, because right now I do not want to go outside, if I'm honest. I've not gone for a walk in a few days because the wind is so intense. I went for a walk and I live by the sea. So obviously it's where you get the most wind. My face was stabbed to death by flakes of snow and shards of rain. It was horrible. I was in so much pain on that walk. My face felt swollen and numb. And I was like, I'm not going to do that again tomorrow. I'm not here for that. Instead, I went for a a drive the other day with all the windows down. (laughs) Classic. Yeah, I just, I know I need to be outside a little bit every day because we're cooped up inside and, you know, there isn't really the opportunity in lockdown to just be outside in nature as much. So you've got to get that you know, outside fresh air where you can, really. But the whole point of this podcast today is I really wanted to talk about health anxiety. I've had so many people reach out to me since I did that health anxiety sketch on my Instagram. Um, If you haven't seen it, you can just go on my reels and it's a couple down. It wasn't done that long ago. And it's basically where brain freaks out at a sort of feeling I get in my chest and thinks I'm having a heart attack and it's it's kind of how I used to react all the time and I don't feel like that anymore and a lot of people said to me how did you get to the point you are so I kind of want to start from the beginning of this and then kind of eke my way through the journey that I've had with health anxiety so it all started years ago and I suppose really it started when I um begun the journey of puberty and I think when your hormones are changing they're rushing through your body you go through all these funny things I mean honestly we were not taught enough about our bodies when we were younger I don't think I mean hormones were spoken about by my teachers and by my peers and my parents but I don't really feel like it was as talked about as it is now I suppose and I think that goes for mental health as well I think it was kind of not talked about as much because perhaps we weren't as open about our bodies, our brains, our our mental health, our experiences, you know, like we are now. So yeah, when I was at school, I remember I had a lot of changes in my body and a lot of my emotions changed. I think I'd begun wow, I was very shy as a child in general, which is very bizarre because I did spend a lot of time doing stage shows, you know, acting, dancing, singing, you know, just performing in general. So it's really weird that I was such a shy child, really. But the the hormones manifested in a strange way for me, I suppose. Not so strange, but felt strange for me. So I started getting acne and I was really struggling with the acne and I was put on different types of medication and I think this is where it really begun because there was an antibiotic I was put on for my skin and my goodness did my body not like it. I I just reacted so badly. I started going yellow. My skin colour went very strange. I was incredibly unwell. I remember I worked at Tesco at the time and the lighting was you know how harsh and brightly lit it is in supermarkets. It was so much for me. And I think I was experiencing anxiety as well. And it was all due to this health anxiety and the fact that I was so unwell. It was debilitating. I found it so hard walking into that store every day. And I remember I wasn't really eating, not by choice, but my appetite was incredibly low because every time I ate, I felt ill. People were commenting on what I looked like. I remember I had a a colleague that said to me when you turn sideways you disappear and I mean that was quite 
an unwanted comment and I had a lot of that growing up and I think that's kind of what stemmed into an eating disorder that I developed at about 18 by this point I was only 16 so I thought you know these sort of thoughts were being put into my head and yeah I think it's uh there's a lot to say for what people what comments are made to you and how that affects you later in life and as you grow up but I I remember not knowing what was happening to me and a girl in the year below me at school had been diagnosed with leukemia and I convinced myself that that is exactly what I was having and I was terrified absolutely terrified I was having nosebleeds I was being sick all the time I couldn't eat I was so nauseous when I did eat I was so ill and it panicked me it really really panicked me eventually we found out that it was the antibiotics that were causing this which obviously should have been the first thing the doctor pointed to but for some reason didn't and when I came off those antibiotics I was so much better I then was put on the contraceptive pill and I think the hormones in this again didn't do much for my health anxiety um, because it made me so ill again. I remember spending the night at a boyfriend's and in the middle of the night having to get up to be sick and I was so mortified because his mum's room was next to the bathroom that I ran outside onto the street and threw up down the road and his mum was like why is she leaving the house in the middle of the night all the time and it was because I, I was so ill on the pill um, it made me, that was that rhyme, I was so ill on the pill. Yeah, it made me so unwell. And I think all of this contributed to the fact that later in life, when I started getting these pains, the sick feeling, anything like that, I f- immediately thought it was the end, immediately. So I stayed on the pill, but I went on to a different one that very much was in sync with my body it didn't give me any nasty side effects it was you know it actually helped clear up my acne and it was all in all a very good pill for me and when I was at university that's there was a lot of anxiety that I felt in general I was having a lot of anxiety problems I'd been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder during university I think in my first year really and I would have really bad anxiety attacks and in my first year I remember being sat on the sofa in my first house with my housemates I didn't really know that well really my heart started racing I went really lightheaded and dizzy I felt incredibly unwell I kept blacking out and I said to my housemate Scarlett I was like I think I'm about to die And she panicked and me not knowing what on earth was happening to my body, I was like, I don't know what to do. And she was like, I'm going to take this A&E. We got there. The doctor saw me. They did loads of tests on me and they were like, I I think this is an anxiety attack. And I was like, no, I don't think it is because I wasn't, you know, struggling to breathe and how you see it on TV with the paper bag. It wasn't like that at all. And so I didn't think that that's what it was. And I was very much not believing what happened. Anyway, I mean, I, I've had a, a few problems health-wise during my time of being a human being. Um, from a young age, as well as at university, I had some struggles with some ovary cysts that ruptured and caused me intense pain. So I think as well, these really added to the health anxiety that I experienced. But obviously, a lot of things like this happened during university, during high school and sixth form and those sort of periods it also followed me into my early 20s and the only thing that would calm me down was my dad I would call my dad and I think it was you know having that 
father figure that he was like my best friend he really really calming lovely voice knew exactly what to say I tell you if I mean I wish I'm gonna get emotional talking about it, but I wish I had recordings of him talking just to sometimes calm me down like I don't really have anxiety like that anymore but I just sometimes it's just nice to have that voice and obviously I don't anymore because he's got um dementia and he doesn't speak and very different human anyway let's let's not talk about that because that makes me very emotional and that's not what this is about yeah I had that calming voice always and he was so matter of fact and you know just spoke so much wisdom really I, I remember I messaged him once saying I'm really scared I'm dying and he said I'll tell you a secret Haley." I was like the moment you're born you begin dying as morbid as that sounds which was very morbid very very morbid my father was an atheist and a, a realist really but it was quite for some reason, it really settled me. And I thought, yeah, we're always, realistically, if you think about it, we are always dying. So why am I stressing about it so much? And I, I truly don't know what the turning point for me was. I cannot remember. But in my 20s, at some point, I realized that the root of my health anxiety was my fear of death. I did not think I had a fear of death at all. That's not something I ever ever thought. I had a partner in my last year of university who was terrified of dying to the point I thought he was the most selfish person in the world because I said, what's your biggest fear? And he said, of me dying. And I was like, that's selfish. Why are you so scared about you dying and not someone else dying? Because I've always been scared of my parents dying or something like that happening. And when he said, I'm scared of dying, I was like, all right, selfish. But do you know what? I think that's something that a lot of people fear and it's not it's not selfish. That was me just not liking him as a person, really. You know, there's a lot that went on in that relationship, so that's probably why I had that feeling. But I realised in my 20s, early 20s, that I had this fear of dying and I don't really know when it started, but and I'll just put a trigger warning right here for what I'm about to say, because I know this is something that will give you anxiety if you do have anxiety around death. So it it will begin now. So just maybe skip over this bit. But I used to imagine as a, a small child, I remember this, I would imagine myself, it was dark and then there was the earth as a, a 3D ball and I was on top of it for some reason with a backpack on walking. It was almost cartoonized, but I was walking on this earth and then I imagined death and I imagined suddenly I didn't exist and everything was black. And the words that went around my head were, I will never, ever, 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 to infinity, be here again when I die. And that terrified me. That absolutely sent shivers through to my core. And I think that that is where really at the root of it all, this is where the fear came from. Right, so as I got older and addressed the fact that that was a fear, I started thinking, how can I overcome this? And how can I look at death in a positive light rather than it being a negative? Because obviously there's there's two things we're guaranteed to have in this life, and that is a birth of ourselves and a death of ourselves. That's two things that we can't really change. You know, you, the, the lifeline that you have may vary and we have no idea what that length will be but ultimately we are all going to die as horrible as that sounds we are all going to die and that is something that I think is so vital to accept when you're overcoming health anxiety so I 
realized I have to be comfortable with the idea of death. And I started listening to podcasts and I'm going to be useless here and say, I actually don't remember what podcast I listened to or what documentaries I watched on YouTube. But I started listening to podcasts about people's near death experiences or actual experiences they had when they died and what they saw and what they recall happening when they died or when they were in comas. And I can't tell you how much that did for me because a lot of the people, I remember one of them was a shaman. I cannot remember his name. If I find, I'll link it in the show notes. But he talked about a an experience he had. And you might recognize this story if you know who he is. But he said he was in the car and he, he just remembers hitting his head violently on the dashboard and then woke up in hospital. And he spoke about the fact that when when he was in this coma that, he was in he doesn't remember being in a coma obviously he just remembers there being this bright light and he wasn't he wasn't he didn't look like himself anymore he just saw himself almost as like a a light like an energy an energy buzz I I can't remember how he described it exactly but he said it was suddenly just very colorful bright there was the sea we were coming out of the sea and you could do anything you wanted to do and it felt very like home And I started listening and watching all these other people talking about this and everyone was describing almost the same thing that, you know, there was this life that continued after you die. Because after all, if you think about it like this, we are just energy. Like you learn this in science. We're all atoms. We're just loads of little balls of energy floating around to create a solid object, which is obviously the object is us. And when you think about it like that, energy never dies. So really that thought I had that it's just black and there's nothing after we die it can't actually be I mean this is a theory that I have taken on which has helped me cope so please don't think that I'm saying this is a fact this is what happens we're all going to be fine this is something that I have built a theory around from others and from you know what I've kind of researched which has helped me accept the idea of death I now believe that when you die you don't die I've got this nice feeling that when you pass there's something else there for you and it's a feeling of going home and everyone that is part of your life is there the important people are there you know I hope that when I pass I, I get to be with my grandpa my grandma and my dad and I mean I know my dad is still physically living but his his spirit I I hope that he's there and I don't I don't know what circumstances are going to come and how anyway I don't want to go into that but I hope I hope all my loved ones are there waiting for me and you know people talk about when you pass over and you come into this space I don't know if you've seen the documentary sorry I'm my uh, brain's jumping from thing to thing right now if you've watched Surviving Death on Netflix, that series, I would really recommend watching that because I think that, again, is quite a, it's quite strange. It's a strange thing to watch and it's a very weird, I suppose, concept for some people. But I find it so calming when thinking about death and thinking about the fact that there's more more to to life than just this. And, you know, they, they talk about when they've passed and they've gone there and they say I don't want to go back to earth like that's a horrible place I like it here and they're like no you're not ready yet you need to go back and then they come back into their body and it's very strange seeing some of the people recount what happened and the doctor saying they physically couldn't have seen this because some of them say they saw themselves in the surgery and exactly the tools that were being used and all of this during you know whatever while they were in a coma which is very strange and I I find it 
personally very believable and you can call me gullible whatever you want but I just think it makes a lot of sense and I it honestly it sounds like the most morbid thing in the world when I talk about health anxiety but the way I overcame it was by accepting that death is part of life and when it's my time to go it's my time to go you know I've I've really come to realize that everything in life happens for a reason and you are given a destiny prior to coming here and whatever will happen will happen and we cannot control that you have to really release the control that you have on yourself if you're controlling yourself always you will experience health anxiety you'll experience general anxiety I think you've just got to let go and trust that your body can can fend for itself do what it needs to do it always has done and it will continue to do it without you telling yourself that you will be okay if that makes sense like I think you just have to trust the process and trust that everything is okay and if something does happen then trust that medical experts can help you not that it will always succeed and I don't want to just be like yeah you can treat anything I think you just have to accept that one day you are going to die and be at peace with the fact that there may be something that comes after that that's even better and I know that sounds incredibly crazy and incredibly like all right weirdo but that is how I overcame the health anxiety and I can safely say now this happened the other day I was lying in bed and my heart was going a bit funny I think I was having a little bit of anxiety to do with lockdown and I was thinking about the future and it gave me a bit of an anxiety thinking like how long are we going to be in this lockdown for and um, my brain immediately said you're dying and I immediately said no I'm not I'm absolutely fine and I just went to sleep and that is I can't tell you how much of a difference that is in how I used to be and the fact that I am so calm about it now and I'm not saying like I'm on my high horse I'm amazing I never have these problems anymore because I can't say that I've in like completely overcome it I've I don't ever get those feelings anymore because I do I'm human I'm human and I think we always will experience these things. It's just how you choose to react to them. What I'm trying to display in the sketches I do is your brain, that that needless chatter and that intrusive part of it and the impulsive thoughts, aren't you? That's, that's why there's two people because I am one of them. I am the rational brain that is just here in the present and the brain is just there forcing anxiety on you and just telling you all this stupid shit and you don't have to listen to it you can observe it and be like all right you're a dick I don't want any part of you you're still here unfortunately you're always going to be there it's just whether I choose to listen to you or not but yeah I mean I, a lot of people have asked me how I overcome the health anxiety and so I, I, I wanted to do this podcast because I think it's probably the easiest way for me to explain how it's been for me what my process has been and where I'm at with it now and as I said I do still have moments where I will feel that fear creep in and I will listen to the brain and be like yes this is the end we're always going to have that unfortunately I think that's something that you will never completely overcome but I also 90% of the time don't listen to that part of my brain and just calmly disagree with it and say I'm fine and move on as soon as you realize the root of your fear it may not be death it may be something else then you can move on from it. But I, I really, truly hope this helped you. And I know it was such a very strange podcast probably to listen to. I just want you to know you aren't alone. No thought is an original thought. Someone else at some point 
on this earth has had that exact thought that you've had. So don't feel alone in this. Speak out and just share it with your friends, share it with family, people you're close to. Just allow yourself to be normal and allow yourself to feel normal. Don't don't hide it away and suffer in silence because, you know, we all go through this. So yeah, you are totally normal. But I hope this helped and sending you so much love. I hope you're doing so, so well and you enjoyed this podcast today. And I will speak to you next week for another episode. Just be